Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to deal with the rising cost of inflation to pay off your debt or your mortgage, pretty much anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Well, with Yahoo Finance, you can get access to the news, data, and tools that you need in order to help you reach that financial freedom. And when it comes to your financial future, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, you've invested all that you can. And now you need to take those investments to the next level by using what every financial great uses. Yahoo Finance. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. They're the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Well, Friday the 13th was certainly an unlucky day on Wall Street. You know, the Dow Jones was down over 200 points. This is the second back-to-back over 1% decline in the Dow that we've had since August. And you remember what was happening in August, right? Everybody was convinced that the Fed was going to raise rates in September. Well, that's what's happening now. Everybody is just as convinced that the Fed's about to raise rates in December. And so once again, as I predicted last week, the market is selling off. I said on that podcast a week ago Friday that there's no way the Fed can convince everybody that they're about to raise interest rates and stop the market from falling. In fact, we're down over 650 points on the week. Three out of the five days, the Dow registered triple-digit declines. NASDAQ down even more today, down over 1.5%, 77 points, back down at 49.27. Of course, the carnage was once again led by the retailers that continue to fall. I talked about the bad earnings out of Macy's, out of Walmart, out of Nordstrom's. All these stocks continue to fall. You know, Macy's losing another 4.2% today, down at 39. That stock was at $675 three months ago. It's back down to to where it was in 2011. Walmart as well, making another four-year low today, down at 56.42. That stock earlier in the year was at 90 bucks, 90 bucks a few months ago. It's at 56, four-year lows. All these stocks are going down, even the high end. Look at Tiffany. Tiffany was down over 3% today. It's at a 52-week low. All the major retailers are hitting multi-year lows. Now, what was I saying? Nobody was saying this. When I was on CNBC.com, 
What did I say was going to happen to the retailers? I said the retailers were in trouble, that this was going to be a bad Christmas. Holiday spending would not be good because the retailers had overestimated the ability of their consumers to buy their merchandise. And that's exactly what's been happening. In fact, I've been warning about this all year because I've been looking at the inventory numbers and we got data on that today. And I'm going to get into that a little bit later in this podcast. But all of the evidence is flashing recession. Right? The fact that consumers are running out of money, they, they, the inventories are piling up, unsold on the shelves, retail sales are plunging, uh, retailers' stocks are crashing. The recession is beginning if it hasn't already begun. And the Fed is sitting back saying they're data dependent. Well, open your eyes and look at the data. The data is awful. All this data is consistent with the beginning of a recession. This is when the Fed would typically be easing. But the problem is they never tightened. The recession has already started and they never finished fighting the last one. They still have all the stimulus in place from the preceding recession. And yes, they want to look at the unemployment rate being low. Well, the unemployment rate is always low when recessions begin. You can't look at unemployment as a signal of when a recession is beginning. Usually, when unemployment peaks is near the end of the recession, right? At the beginning, unemployment is still low. You see, recessions don't start with layoffs. The recessions start first. The economy turns down and then companies lay off. Companies don't just start laying people off for no reason, right? They just don't have all of a sudden there's a bunch of layoffs and that layoffs cause the recession. No, employers react to the recession. The economy turns down, sales turn down, right? And then businesses start laying off. And of course, then those layoffs make the existing recession worse. But you can't just look at the unemployment numbers and make monetary policy off of that as if that is the data that really counts. It's not. It's lagging data. So the Fed wants to make economic policy looking in the rearview mirror. Meanwhile, they're about to run into a brick wall. They got to look through their windshield, which again is why I've been saying that they're not really data dependent. Because if they were, they would have admitted that the data that they depend on does not warrant a rate hike. But meanwhile, fools on Wall Street, all the economists still expect a rate hike. And so the market is tanking, too. And add all this into the negatives. I mean, how much is the Dow going to be down next week? If everybody still believes this rate hike is coming in December, we were down 650 points this week. Next week could be even worse. We have a lot a lot of uh, ground to, to make up. We had this 2,000-point rally because people thought we weren't going to raise rates. Now, they're probably right, but now they think we're going to raise rates, and the market should be under a lot of pressure until they figure out that the Fed's not. And if the Fed doesn't even know it yet that they're not going to raise rates, they're going to figure it out pretty soon, although I think they know it. But, you know, we're going to get the Fed minutes going to come out next week, and we'll see a little bit more about the deliberation. What was the Fed saying uh, when they decided not to raise rates in October, and how sure are they that they're going to do it in December? Because remember, all Janet Yellen said was that a December rate hike was a live possibility. The market did the rest. Everybody took the word possibility and assumed that it was an inevitability. Well, maybe we'll get a little more uh, glimpse into what she meant by possibility. You know, is it a low possibility? Is it a high possibility? But I want to look at some of the other data oh, that came out today. Oh, before I do, I want to talk a little bit again about the retail sales and what I spoke about on yesterday's podcast, which is uh, all of the millennials 
living with their parents. Uh, we have the highest percentage of young men and women living at home since the 1940s. And as I mentioned yesterday, the media wants us to believe that this has nothing to do with a bad economy. Well, it has everything to do with a bad economy. In fact, I, I just did a, a short five-minute video called Living the New American Dream. It's on the YouTube channel, so check it out. It's only five minutes because whenever I, I think about uh, kids living with their with their parents, or not kids, young adults living with their parents. I think of that scene uh, with Chaz in the the Wedding Crashers. And if you haven't seen the movie, it is a funny movie. But one of the funniest scenes from that movie is Chaz living with his parents when Owen Wilson comes to meet him for the first time. So watch that video clip because it's quite quite funny. But you know when you think about. All these department stores, right? Big drops in, in department store sales. You would think with all these 20 and 30-year-old guys and gals living rent-free, I'm assuming it's rent-free, with their parents, you would think that they would have extra cash. Even though they have low-paying jobs, they don't have any rent, right? Uh, they, they, they might, their, their parents probably feed them. They pay the cable bill, the electric bill. So they have money for clothes. But they still, the shopping is still collapsing. In fact, when I thought about this auto price bubble, the automobile bubble, this makes sense, right? If you're living with your parents, you want to have a nice car because that's kind of all you got going, right? Because you're, when you're driving around in your car, nobody knows you live with your parents, right? So if you're a guy and you're 25, 28, and you're looking for, you know, for women, telling them that you're, that you're living with your parents is not exactly going to uh, seal the deal for you. I mean, maybe it worked on that Seinfeld episode, which I also put a little bit of clip in uh, in my five minute video where he did the opposite. And he actually told this woman uh, that he was 35 unemployed and he lived with his parents and she still wanted to go out with him. But in the real world, that's not going to happen. So if you live with your parents, but at least you drive a fancy car, people might not know that you're as pathetic as you really are. So with zero percent down. And a lot of these cars are being sold with 0% down, 7-year, 0% financing too. Nothing down, 0% uh, financing for seven or eight years. A lot of people that are tending bar or that are working retail or waiters, they can afford a new car. And so that might also be why we had all these car sales because you know millennials living with their parents with no mortgage, no rent, uh, no overhead uh, are buying cars. And also, you know, if you're a single guy, and you live with your parents and you want some action, right? If you're going out and you're meeting women, you can't bring them back home to your parents' house. So probably these cars serve a dual purpose because maybe, you know, their sex life takes place in their car. So that could be another reason for the automobile bubble. But that automobile bubble, I think, has already burst. And of course, when a lot of these millennials end up losing their low-paying jobs, uh, there might be some repo, repo men coming to take away their cars. But let's look at the economic data that came out today that, again, supports my thesis that the economy is headed to or in a recession and that the supposed data that the Fed depends on is arguing the way they look at it for a reduction in interest rates, not an increase. First, the producer prices for October. They were looking for a rise of 0.2 because last month they actually fell by, by 0.5. Right. So this time we're looking for some progress. Right. Because the Fed has said not only do they want to see an improvement in the labor market, but they want to have proof that we're going to have two percent inflation in the immediate in the intermediate term. Again, whatever whatever that is. Well, what did we end up getting? We didn't get point two. We got minus point four. Another minus sign. And in fact, year over year, producer prices as of last month 
producer prices were down 1.1% on the year. Now they're down 1.6% on the year. So as far as the Fed is concerned, we're going in the wrong way. So this producer price number for October, if the Fed is really data dependent and they're saying they want higher inflation, then what would this producer price index say? It would say no rate hike because this is showing that prices are going in the opposite direction of what the Fed wants. But the worst number was retail sales, right? Because consumer spending, right? That's the be all and end all as far as the Fed's concerned. 70% of the GDP, consumer spending. So they were looking for a rise of 0.3, which is still not a big rise, but it would have been better than the rise of 0.1 we got for September. Well, the real increase came out at another increase of just 0.1, one third of what they were looking for. And to add insult to injury, they took last month's, up 0.1 and change that to zero goose egg unchanged so downward revision to prior month well below consensus for this month also if you x out uh um autos they were looking for a gain of 0.4 and instead they got a gain of 0.2 that was half of what they expected and also They revised last month, which was originally reported as minus 0.3, and that was minus 0.4. So these numbers will subtract somewhat from both the second, uh, oh, the third, rather, the third and fourth quarter GDP numbers. We also got the inventory numbers for September, and the consensus was for a rise of 0.1, but instead we rose 0.3. And the reason that that's significant is because the rise is coming not because of an increase in sales, but because sales are not growing fast enough to keep pace with the inventory. The inventory to sales ratio just rose to 1.48 from 1.47. That is the highest of this so-called recovery. The last time the uh, inventory to sales ratio was this high was during the Great Recession, you know, during the years of the financial crisis. And you know what? It's going to keep rising given the inventory build that has been going on and given the collapse in retail sales. And in fact, these retail these inventory numbers rather have been padding the GDP for the last several quarters. I have been pointing that out. Just about everybody else on Wall Street has been ignoring that. But when the retailers come to terms with the fact that they bought too much stuff, They're going to stop buying stuff because they can't even sell the stuff they already bought. And of course, the only way they're going to be able to move the merchandise is by cutting prices because their consumers, their customers are too broke to to pay the prices that that they're selling it now because they have no jobs or they have low paying jobs. And so this means that future GDP is going to plunge because companies are not only going to be Uh, increasing their inventory, they're going to be liquidating it at fire sale prices and then not replenishing it because they know they don't need it. And in fact, not only that, not only will they be liquidating their inventories, they'll be liquidating their workforce. That's what I mentioned on the CNBC.com. They might not have heavy layoffs this year because, you know, employers don't like to be, you know, the Grinch. They don't want to stuff a pink slip in somebody's uh, Christmas stocking. So a lot of the layoffs are going to come probably in January and February. And is the Fed really going to hike rates in December? Does it really want to be blamed for this collapse? Because, you know, if they do hike rates and the economy falls apart, they're going to say, you see, they hiked rates. They did it. They ruined the economy. 
The Fed made a mistake in hiking rates. They don't want to risk that. If they never raise rates and the economy turns down, people will think they were smart. Oh, the Fed was smart. They knew, they knew not to raise rates. Imagine what would have happened had they raised rates. But if they raised rates, they look like complete fools. I mean, to me, they, they look like complete fools already because they are, but they're still fooling the majority of people. But if they do raise rates in the face of all this overwhelming evidence that suggests a recession is right around the corner, if not already uh, happening, they look like complete fools to even the fools. So again, that's why I still think that the odds are that the Fed is not going to raise rates in December. And I think the odds against a rate hike are going to be growing uh, as the market continues to sink, as more and more bad economic news comes out, then you're going to start to get the cries from people on Wall Street. Oh, the Fed can't raise rates. You know, and in fact, all this negative stuff happening about the retailers, this is all out of the left field. This is all out of the blue. You know, when, when a company like Nordstrom's, when they announce their earnings and the stock opens 20% lower than it closed, right? That means that people were surprised by this information. People were not expecting these horrific sales. And it is across the board, right? So now all of a sudden, all this new information, people are worried. What does this mean, right? Well, it means the consumer's not spending anymore. The consumer's broke. And you're going you're gonna to raise rates? You're going to make it harder for the consumer to spend when he's already cutting back? You're going to increase the mortgage payments, uh, on an adjustable rate mortgage, you're going to make it harder for people to qualify for a mortgage. You're going to make car loans more expensive. Is the Fed really going to do that just as the economy is turning down? Not a chance. Not a chance. And if they do, if they do raise rates, just imagine, imagine how much worse they're going to make things. The question is, when is the Fed going to come clean? When are they going to admit that they're not going to raise rates? And what's going to be their excuse and will the markets buy it? There's so much factually incorrect information and underreporting by legacy media today. Shouldn't there be truth in media? Well, there is truth in media. Recently, a novel thought is now a reality with truthinmedia.com. Led by award-winning journalist Ben Swan, truthinmedia.com is the source for uninfluenced, reliable, fearless news where journalists pursue real questions, not conspiracies. Make truthinmedia.com your default browser's homepage today and get breaking news and commentary that speaks the truth to power. It's also where you can tune into The Peter Schiff Show every week. Visit truthinmedia.com today. That's truthinmedia.com. Access the Truth in Media RS feed by visiting truthinmedia.com forward slash feed. Attention listeners, I have an urgent message for you. We're in the middle of a war. The global conflict is destroying the lives of millions without a single bomb being dropped. It's called the International Currency War, and your bank account has been drafted to fight. The victims in this conflict are our currencies, the dollar, the euro, the yen, the pound. They're all heading to zero as irresponsible central banks compete to see who can print the most the fastest. But there's one form of money politicians and central banks can't destroy, gold. Today, it's more important than ever to understand the value of gold in your portfolio and to keep a close eye on major market developments. Subscribe to my monthly video cast and you'll be the first to hear my latest analysis on gold investing and the currency wars. Visit goldvideocast.com right now to subscribe for free. 
I call the dot-com bust, then the housing bust, and I advised clients to diversify into foreign equities and hard assets while the rest of Wall Street laughed at me. Now I want to keep you up to date on the next crisis that is brewing. My gold videocast also includes personal interviews I've conducted with other contrarian investors like Jim Rickards and Axel Merck. Gold has gone up 256% since 2003, but it has a lot further to go. Don't miss the rally. You can prosper during this time of currency wars, but only if you stay educated. Get a free subscription to my gold videocast at goldvideocast.com. That's goldvideocast.com.